0: Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode. I wanted to do like a unique intro to this video because I just want to take a minute to really talk about what has been happening in the last really three to four months on Bitcoin and Litecoin. You know, we're going to talk about it. You'll hear in the interview, Satoshi, or Satoshi, Satoshi Sarah, she kind of explains. you know, what are ordinals, what are inscriptions, what are NFTs, what are the differences? And um, I know within the community, there's been kind of some pushback, like particularly within Bitcoin. I know there are a lot of Litecoiners that feel like this isn't really the pure Litecoin or it's not peer to peer cash. And so therefore these transactions are somehow invalid. And I have been from the beginning just very staunch about the fact that if these blockchains are not dictated, I don't get to dictate how people use the blockchain. Like if the people are making transactions and they're paying the on chain fees. And particularly a lot of these users, they're, they're downloading the nodes. Our MWeb transactions are up since inscriptions became a thing because more people have nodes, they're using Litecoin Core. And I think we need to, I've talked about culture and community a lot, and I like to think that our Wednesday spaces is is a bit of developing that culture, that open exchange where we try to be open-minded. We want to talk through things and Um, I certainly don't want to dictate how you feel about these things, but it's important that we have an open mind and understand that a free market is truly to allow these tools to be used how somebody wants to use them. It may not feel right in the short term, but if we um, get to the point where we feel it's okay that, you know, a... Some vocal disruptors decide that they want to shut down certain use cases for Litecoin or they want to you know, manipulate the protocol in order to disincentivize certain ways to work. I think it's a really weird road to go down. And I, and I don't like the idea of censoring anything that goes onto these blockchains, certainly in a legitimate way. So, again, these people are they're downloading nodes. They're paying the fees to be on here. And the reality is it's brought on a fresh new influx of users to Litecoin that just today it's May 5th and i it's almost like a, it's it's something i've been waiting to see and i'm really excited about i think is almost a turning point litecoin is outpacing bitcoin in on-chain transactions there are more transactions happening on litecoin and the fee to send a litecoin is 0.1 pennies it's a 10th of a penny to send on Litecoin, it's $7 to send on Bitcoin. And you're getting more transactions on Litecoin even at that low to show you how we still have capacity. We still aren't filling up blocks. Even though we're out, we have more transactions than Bitcoin. We still don't even have like 50% full blocks. So that's the that's the key, right? That's why we all feel that Litecoin is going to be a a long-term superior chain to Bitcoin because it will be more usable. You're going to be able to actually use it in your day-to-day life, regardless of how much volume appears to be going on here. So I just want to really stress that these are people downloading nodes. They're finding a new fun ways to build communities on Litecoin and engagement that is natural. It's organic. This isn't something that's forced. There's no VC company behind it or something like that. And so I just want to keep make sure we all keep an open mind. I, and I know a lot of you feel that way, too. Um, and I understand why why it feels uncomfortable and kind of against the ethos, but um, at the end of the day, people are allowed to do what they want to do. It's a free speech, free market world, and I would rather encourage that, even if I'm uncomfortable with it. So it's going to be fun. We're going to keep building this community, and this is a big part of it. So that's one thing I want to mention. The other thing is that I've mentioned in the past. I kind of you know, you guys know I do a couple cake pay commercials, um, and some and I really just want to urge you guys to use uh, cake pay. So cake wallet is I, they sponsored my show for a couple months last year and then I told them, you know, I'm gonna take a break. I just didn't I just wasn't really I guess I just wasn't uh, in the energy to just create content all the time. And I, I took a long break. I was really about a year where I wasn't really doing much. And uh, I decided I want to get back into it. And I reached back out to them, and said, hey, would you guys be open to sponsoring the show again? And they were on board, you know, no hesitation. They've been so supportive of just not only me, but just I think Litecoin in general. They, they have Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero on their platform, right? And if you go to Cake Pay and use that tool, I've, I had some commercials in the other one. I'll post one at the end of this video too, just to show you how easy it is. But they had some statistics recently about usage. And granted, CakePay is a Monero wallet first. It's been a primarily a Monero community. 81% of their CakePay purchases were using Monero. 17% were Bitcoin and 2% were Litecoin. And so I really want to challenge anybody who watches this to get the wallet, throw in a few bucks and try it out. Make, I think, one transaction a week. Using CakePay, you save every time I use it, I save like 3%. So if I'm going to Home Depot or AutoZone or take the family to like Bob Evans or something like that, it's a discount every single time you spend your money. And it's we don't have Litecoin card anymore. It's a great option. It's You don't have to reveal your KYC, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to post the video at the end, but uh, I'll put a link in the thing. Go to CakePay. They're very cool. I met those guys at Litecoin Summit. Just the nicest people that really have the right mindset about using these tools. All right. That was my very long intro. I apologize. So I'm going to put the Satoshi Sarah interview up. Give it a listen. I might even build an NFT collection to give out to a lot of you guys that come into the spaces and some of the longtime light coiners that to me deserve a bit of a badge of honor. Like they're the OGs. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. Enjoy it. And, uh, have a good Cinco de Mayo, uh, have a margarita and enjoy spring and have a good year. All right. Bye. Hey everybody. Welcome back to another episode on Litecoin Underground. Um, we are going to get into something today that has probably, I think I've been trying not to learn about it because I for some reason I'm denying that it exists or something like that. And that I'm we're having to come to terms with the fact that there's something that's coming, that's here and is never going away. And that is these NFTs, ordinals, tokens, whatever it might be. So I have a lot to learn about it. I don't know. I was, I was reading a tweet the other day and it was about EVMs and MEVs. And I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. And I realized that I, I need to learn something. So today we're going to have, Sarah, I'm just going to leave it at Sarah. (laughs) And she's not Litecoin Sarah yet. Maybe she'll be Litecoin Sarah someday. But generally, so you're Sarah Satoshi or Satoshi Sarah, one of those two on Twitter. She is, I don't know, she came on about a year ago. She's one of the first people I interviewed back then. You were uh, in Bitcoin Ladies and you had just come off of Bitcoin Magazine or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, I've I've done a lot of stuff since then. Um I had a I had a full time job at OK OKX. So I went into like the oh, yeah. exchange part of crypto. Uh and then I recently left and I've been at Gamma since like the beginning days and then I just joined like full time. So now I'm like full on fan account gamma.
0: Okay. Well so yeah. <laughs> what's interesting about you, you know, you you broke the barrier of going to the Litecoin Summit. I, I got to meet you there. And I was realizing, because we were just talking about this before we did yeah. the interview. Like I went there and like I've done videos on Twitter. And so I was under the assumption like, well, she's probably gonna know who I am like conceitedly because you'd been in my spaces enough. And I went there and I was like, oh, hey, Sarah, what's up? And you were like, I have to imagine you were probably like, who is this guy? Like you probably had no idea who I was.
1: I recognized your voice and not your face. And so oh, was- all right. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't know that it was it was that distinct in such a short amount of time, but you were like, oh, hey, give me a hug. And I'm like, wait, she probably didn't know who I am. So I felt <laughs> weird in that. But anyway, um, so what I'm hoping today is that I want you to be able to maybe take us from somebody hypothetically that might be me that has tried mm-hmm. to, has basically ignored Ethereum, not through any sort of animosity, but just sort of I think I was told it was kind of stupid from day one and I just listened to that. And uh, yeah, now that all this stuff is moving on to Bitcoin and moving on to Litecoin, I need some, I need some background, some definitions. And mm. I don't know, are you, would you consider yourself, uh, what would it be like an Ethereum?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I would still say that I'm a Bitcoin person. Um, yeah. I, I really wish that, the term like Bitcoin Maxi wasn't so off-putting because I think when I meet people in person, I'm like, oh, I work in Bitcoin. And they're like, oh, you must be a Bitcoin Maxi. I'm like, no, please don't insult me like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I think like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I work mostly in Bitcoin, I've always only really worked in Bitcoin, and I think there's nothing wrong with exploring other blockchains. And in fact, that is highly encouraged so that you can see what other parts of the crypto ecosystem um, is doing. And then, you know, at some point, maybe those applications can move onto Bitcoin, which was sort of the whole point of, I think, the Stacks ecosystem, which is what I got into, like, first, uh, after Bitcoin. So, I wasn't really interested in Ethereum, because, like you said, everyone was like, fuck Ethereum. Excuse my French. Right. Um, all these shit coins are, you know, scams or whatever. Don't look into them. Everything's going to be built on Bitcoin. I think that was the old, like, Bitcoin <laughs> Maxi thought process. It was like, we love Bitcoin. And so, All these things are going to be on Bitcoin. Now it's more like um, there are JPEGs on Bitcoin. Like, no thanks. My nodes are not going to host your JPEGs and shitcoin, like tokens and whatever. So a lot has changed since I think just a few years ago.
0: Well, well, it's funny because I think that was always my mindset when I remember when FTs first came around. Well, it's not first, but like, let's say early 21. And uh, right. I had an old coworker call me like out of the blue, and she's like, should I I I know you you're into Bitcoin, Litecoin, all that stuff. Like, do you what do you think about NFTs? And I'm like, I they make no sense to me. They're ridiculous, right? Like, who would pay that kind of money?
1: Yeah. And
0: uh I don't know if I probably I probably misled her. I probably she she's probably, <laughs> she's probably mad at me today because that she bought at the time. Cause she was all into Gary V or whatever. But mm. her, I realized I was like, over time, it's kind of undeniable that these things aren't going away. Now, whether yeah. they have this mass value of they're going to be worth whatever, some of them were worth a hundred thousand dollars or millions of dollars. That may not be the long-term thing, but there's certainly something going on that is kind of undeniable. And I, I get to mm-hmm. brainstorming about what can you do with these tools? Like how are businesses going to utilize these tokens, this ability to make tokens and, um, And maybe the shift to putting them on like chains that are going to be here forever, these immutable chains to Bitcoin and Litecoin, that may be the thing that brings people in and feel more comfortable to actually use them, right?
1: Yeah. I I like talking about theory and like what could be like the best use cases of NFTs and just assets on chain. Um, I think like right now, obviously, even with, ordinals which are a very new way of having like nfts on bitcoin yeah. it's filled with a lot of like i don't want to say you know
0: you've already used bad the bad words or... <laughs> you know there's
1: it's it's like there are there's a lot of noise on every single blockchain when it comes to NFTs or any of these things, um, I think, especially like in, you know, legacy NFT blockchains like Ethereum and Solana and whatnot, but also also in Bitcoin. It's not that like just because we now have like NFT capabilities on Bitcoin that they're all going to be like the best application of what right. could be used as nfts they're still just like pixelated jpegs that were trading back and forth for tens of thousands if not millions potentially of dollars which is ridiculous sounding Uh, And yes, does not necessarily put forth like the best potential application or use case of NFTs, but that's kind of the point of these early stages of building. You want to build the tools and the communities and the, uh, just the sentiment for people to want to go and experiment and want to have fun with these tools so that one day in the future, like there's legitimacy around it, you know? Um, I think one thing that I like to think about as something that is like a positive application, for instance, of NFTs, perhaps, and I have no idea how this would actually work, but given that, you know, AI today is really really good it can create a lot of fake images fake stories and it's honestly very hard to tell whether or not something is ai generated sometimes so one way to potentially combat that would be with nfts you know and the details of that well, are but what complex if you put an A- and What if
0: you put an AI image on an NFT, it's still an AI image.
1: You can, Yeah, people do that all the time. Yeah. And so there would have to be some sort of like direct from like journalist camera hardware yep. to the blockchain, like complicated little things like that. But I, I think thinking about these potential applications is what makes like pursuing any of this interesting today. It's not like the end goal is not just to, you know, trade JPEGs on a blockchain. Um, It's much deeper than that. And it can go much deeper than that.
0: Well, so let's before we because I mean, I think you gave a good preview. I'm going to come from the the, uh, side of like, maybe there's people who are watching this that literally don't know what NFTs are. I think most people do. But I want to do like a beginner's just let's do a little glossary, some definitions. So an NFT, you tell me where I'm wrong. NFT is essentially um, I when I buy an NFT on Litecoin right now, OmniLite, the image itself is not on Litecoin. It's being stored generally on the IPFS, right? The Interplanetary File System. Which
1: yeah. is yeah, like an outside. Decentralized file storage, right? Left. And the images are
0: like generally. I'm, I've learned IPFS was a new thing to me, like the image is fragmented into various people's hard drives and then gets reassembled based on my me calling that image up, right? Something kind
1: of. like that. I have no idea how it actually <laughs> works, but okay. that sounds about right, you know.
0: Oh, we'll right, just go with works. that. We'll just go with that. Yeah, so. So, so I'm just, I just basically have a marker or some sort of uh, validation that says this, I do own this, a certificate Mm -hmm. of authenticity, so to speak. And that it can't be just like your uh, coins can't be just stolen from you or, you know, you can't, it's same permissionless. Everything's the exact same as using the coins as far as transmitting it and passing ownership And and everything else is very similar to using like your core Litecoin coins, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's an NFT. So what is, let's start with ERC tokens because they've been around, I would say, what are maybe 50% of what you so lovingly called shit coins are, (laughs) are ERC tokens. And then like there's Binance tokens too, but ERC's what's the big daddy we'll call it
1: so there's a lot of like different blockchains that all have their own tokens erc20 tokens are just tokens that are created on ethereum um brc20 tokens is a new thing as well which are just like tokens created on bitcoin and so like Anyone can create a token. ERC-20, the standard, makes it really easy for anyone to just like launch and release a token, uh, which is why, naturally, the market gets so saturated with random meme coins popping up like every second of every day, just because it's so much more accessible now. Um,
0: well, the yeah, difference with, with of- ERC is that Ethereum has the, they they have these marketplaces, right? So you can create a token and be on a marketplace like instantly, essentially. It can be tradable within the Ethereum system, correct?
1: Kind of. So there's like different... And I think this this goes with like different jurisdictions and legality and all that as well. Uh, There are ways to like trade tokens over like DeFi networks, um, which I think is the majority of where that activity is happening. And then when tokens get you know popular enough, that's when they get considered by uh, they're not marketplaces but exchanges to be listed as these tradable fungible tokens and we see a lot of these tokens obviously like getting on marketplaces uh or not sorry not marketplaces exchanges getting rugged or being on like DeFi exchanges and being rugged and and all this fun. Well, stuff so it's something like usually so it's fun.
0: Uniswap or Pancake Swap or something, right? Like that, where because I've, like, I've been there there
1: are so many, like there right. are so many. I think Uniswap is is one of the more reputable ones. Um, yep. They deal a lot more in like bigger tokens that you would want to, you know, exchange like. Stable coins, for instance, on Ethereum. I've,
0: I've looked at some of those. I'm not sure if it was Uniswap, it might have been PancakeSwap. I think PancakeSwap has all the just cold garbage. But, but there's a lot go, of songs. you go to trade, you go like, All right, I want to trade my USDC for. Mm-hmm. Then you pull up the other list of what you're able to trade for. Yeah, and it's just endless. It's, it's, I don't even know, you don't even know yeah. what any of them are. And so, but I think that's what's interesting is the marketplace is that it doesn't require like an exchange to christen it in a way. Like back in the day, it was like you had to get onto Binance or Coinbase to be legitimate in some way to where you could actually generate volume.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much, I mean, <clears throat> none of these have like fiat on or off ramps. So it's pretty much just exchanging like if, if I wanted to exchange on the Ethereum network, I could exchange Ethereum for USDC or Tether or wrapped Bitcoin. Those are some of the more like stable ones right air quotes stable um yeah. and then there are also just hundreds of erc20 tokens that you could swap with
0: so the, so the brc and, yeah so, so let's let's move on i'm gonna do the so that's the ethereum world we'll call yeah. it yeah right? and i'm sure there's more going on like here tell me if i'm right on these two things evm is ethereum virtual machine is that what that means mm-hmm. yeah Now I don't know what that is yet, but maybe you can explain that. And then MEV, this is the one I don't understand. Maybe they're not even related. Minor extracted value.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, those are all terms I think that are on like get more complicated and deeper into like how the Ethereum ecosystem works and how people can actually build applications on those. So like pretty irrelevant to the general, just like Right. NFT conversation. Um, if we want to keep it simple, we can just like stick to talking about NFTs and then also. Yeah, let's ignore like, that. Thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a, a conversation for someone who is like an Ethereum DeFi expert, I would say. Okay,
0: okay. I don't want I don't need to know about all that yet. I was just curious because I read yeah, some tweet yeah, yesterday. Like I said, like this guy dropped like six acronyms and I'm like, I don't even know that I know half of these. I have no idea. Like I couldn't read it. It was like literally a foreign language. Yeah, couldn't understand it.
1: There, there's a lot.
0: <laughs> it's like he was total degenerate, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so let's go and do ordinals and inscriptions, right? So they're not the same thing, but they're kind of the same thing. So, what is so, an ordinal?
1: Yeah. So you know how, like, on as you were saying, on other NFT blockchains, let's just take Ethereum for instance, um, your NFT, your image is not stored on Ethereum, it's stored on a decentralized file storage system like IPFS. So what your NFT is really then, it's just an on-chain pointer to that image on IPFS. For Ordinals, which is nfts on bitcoin um they are actually like you can inscribe your assets directly onto a satoshi on chain so you're not dealing with external file storage unless your files are too big and you want to do a workaround but the thing with the benefit with ordinal inscriptions is that you can actually have data directly on to uh Bitcoin itself and right. the way that you can do that is because when you know earlier this year um, Casey released ordinal theory and ordinal theory essentially just states that uh, you can order the you can order each individual Satoshi and keep track of them okay. and therefore you can actually inscribe and keep track of data onto each individual Satoshi. The reason why, um, it, it would be like, let, let me give you an analogy. So Bitcoin is fungible, right? Sats, mm, Toshis are fungible. To a
0: degree, to a degree, yeah.
1: <laughs> you like, well, I mean, in application, like, you can send one Bitcoin to someone else. Right. They can send you a Bitcoin back. It doesn't really matter, like, what is which Satoshis they sent. Right. You still right. get one Bitcoin. When you're like at the store and you're paying for something with like a ten dollar bill in cash, they're not asking you for a specific bill. They just want $10 like a serial number. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what ordinal theory does is it keeps track of those uh serial numbers and gives Like a significance to them. So, if I were to demand that you pay me a $10 bill with this specific serial number on it, or like a rare penny or something like that, that would be like the cash equivalent of ordinal inscriptions, where um, now you have, now suddenly you have these Satoshis that are given like extraneous value based on they're ordering so for instance if i had if i owned like a rare satoshi which would be maybe something that has like uh, all the same number or the satoshi is the first one that's mined after a having or it's
0: Can can i ask you so is like is are you are they being ordered like literally as in the first block mined by Satoshi himself, the first 50 coins, that's whatever mm-hmm. 50. Yeah. 50 billion, was that 50? they would be like 5 billion or something. Like that, 5 billion uh, Satoshis. Are they all Satoshi number one? Like I, that's what I'm not. Or is it just kind of like whoever applies to be Satoshi number one first gets to have no. that
1: Okay. No. So it's like I can have an, I can have in my possession an uncommon Satoshi, and then I can choose to inscribe that Satoshi because I know that it's a special Satoshi and I don't want to spend it. Um, the inscription parts actually to this like part of the conversation is completely irrelevant. Just yeah. the sats alone and their ordering gives them like a non-fungible significance to that. It would be like if we genuinely valued the serial numbers on like the one dollar bill or something. Right. And I had a dollar bill that was like the first print after like the first dollar to be printed during like a significant
0: right. okay. printing I see. <laughs> or something. Or yeah, like like one of the satoshis yeah. used to buy the pizza back in 20, 000, 2010 or whatever it was, right? Or like, like something silly. one of
1: the first Satoshis mined to buy that pizza
0: yeah okay makes sense yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and so like as new bitcoin blocks are released like new satoshis are released and then those will also somehow like get some sort of significance um and then like next year or like later this year when we have another uh like bitcoin having the first satoshi to come out of that first block is gonna be like rarer than all the rest of them because it's it's part all of right. like a significant event or something. So this I mean, these like are obviously real, all right? like, <laughs> it's like all arbitrarily ascribed values, right? Right. but yeah. people find value in them. Right. And so now for the inscription parts, because we can keep track of individual Satoshis and we can send and like receive those yeah. specific ones. And, and probably more um, importantly
0: isolate them. Right. You can, you can, You found a way so that I can like have a wallet that says, look, do not spend this particular Satoshi.
1: Yeah, so so that kind of comes into play when we're talking about uh, what wallet providers need to do in order to make sure that you're not spending that special Satoshi okay, well, on like that a fee or something.
0: <laughs> Keep going where yeah. you were going. I, I distracted you, sorry. So no, no No, no, So
1: Yeah, so you know, with inscriptions, um, I mean like you can inscribe just onto Bitcoin and you can inscribe a normal collection. A lot of like NFT collections and artists That we have seen on gamma and on just like ordinals in general are just people who want to release very similar to like collections that they would release on ethereum just onto bitcoin because of you know it's bitcoin and it's cool and it's new and it actually goes on chain the special satoshis are when people want to inscribe onto like uncommon sats or rare sats or exotic sats and there's like this whole ranking system for it right and those like inscriptions could sell for a lot more just because they're already on a rare satoshi and then there's also another sort of rarity ranking in terms of like the order of inscriptions that was created so the one millionth inscription, for instance, was like someone just wrote the word piggy. Okay. And that is probably going to be more valuable just because it was the one millionth thing that was inscribed. Right. Yeah, I and I think the race was actually, to get
0: under a hundred thousand or something, right? For the first yeah, time. Yeah. There was like cooler, this yeah. whole,
1: whole race about it. I personally don't think that it, like, matters too much um, whether you inscribe it early on or just, like, now. But just because in general we are all very early. um, But that's what a lot of people have been doing. They've been, like, pre-inscribing just as early as they can to try and sell collections to to say that they got in, you know, under 100k or 1 million of, like, the first ever inscriptions. So, so there,
0: there can only ever be, let's see, 21 million times a hundred million, uh, like, I don't know, 21 quadrillion uh, inscriptions and then they'll run out.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So Eventually
0: nothing to worry about. That'll only take a hundred years to actually pass <laughs> all those transactions through. Right. So, well, so this yeah. is something interesting that I heard happening. So, you know, Charlie Lee, you know, everybody knows Charlie. So he was part of this whole on chain monkeys, right? Which was like they created only one transaction, but there's like parent and child transactions where it's like you have your later inscriptions just have to point in some way to the parent inscription and they're and they are considered part of a collection, right? Because Gamma does collections, right? Don't you guys? yeah
1: so so marketplace collections are kind of more so done in a centralized manner and those are by marketplace um and that's just because like the thing with inscriptions is we can't put things into necessarily a collection unless we know that you are the person who made the inscriptions um otherwise like anyone can kind of just claim hey, these are all my inscriptions, put them into a collection for me. And so we have to like go in and sort of vet that, okay, you are the creator of this collection. You want it to have a collection like... We'll get that sorted for you, but it's not that anyone can just like go and create one, and so that's all on the side of marketplaces, and that burden is on every marketplace and not just us. And so, if you wanted to create a collection, you would like and you wanted it on every marketplace, you would go to every marketplace and be like, Hey, I want my inscriptions in a collection, and then I want you to just sell these, you know. Is Among there a way?
0: Is there a way to like um, put a unique signature within the inscription that kind of makes them all linked together? That maybe would be secret to you. You know what I mean? So like maybe a a a, a bit of code that just um, isn't visible necessarily. But no, that yeah, I people say, can hey, look, get really creative did, with it. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I think I've seen people do similar things. Um, I don't necessarily know that they could be kept private, but it's something that can be done if right. you're technically savvy and creative about it. Yeah,
0: I'm so all right. I'm still looking <laughs> for the value because I'm amazed. You know, you just wonder how much. Like it felt like to me like a vanity thing, and I was thinking about you know I knew I was going to talk to you today, and I was like you know. Uh, As much as I hate to admit it, I think you're actually two generations behind me. I consider myself Gen X and I know you're Gen Z and I'm like, man, that feels weird (laughs) to say that. But um, I I think there's like realizing that growing up in an era where like there is kind of clout behind owning. So like my kid loves Roblox, right? And so for her Mm -hmm. to buy certain outfits or like to see someone who's in this in her space and they've got all the all the whatever accessories, right. That There's like, uh, I've been here, you know, I'm like, I'm like an old dog. Like I know what I'm doing. I play a lot and I invest a lot of my time and energy in this. It's like a badge of honor. And I, I feel like yeah. that's a little bit of what this is. Cause I've even found myself as much as I go, well, there's no real value in the picture, but it is kind of a way to show like I've been around for a while or, you know, like, I think that like the taproot wizards, I think was a good, that was like the first big launch you know and i think if you had one of those it would be kind of like all right you've been around a while it's pretty cool it's unique there's a story behind it i don't yeah. know how long that lasts is it kind of like baseball cards where they were cool for a while and now they're really not all that cool or maybe they are again i don't know but i, mean, uh,
1: I yeah i think that's been true across like all collectible industries um Right now, like obviously, the application of NFTs is that they're a collectible. Uh, but one additional layer to it that I think physical collectibles like stamps and dolls and baseball cards don't have is that you have like this automatic uh, connection to a digital community where you can connect with and um, sort of have this common interest with hundreds or thousands of people instantly uh, just by having, just by owning one something, right? And, And that's something that's like verifiable ownership, especially if you have some sort of piece in like a bespoke or very popular collection. So for instance, like my first NFT, which I think was very lucky, was a pudgy penguin. And I bought it because I thought it was very cute. You know, I think I got it for like one ETH or something. I watched it go all the way down. The project basically died. And then it got like taken over and bought by someone else. And it started like going up again. And by up, I don't mean like price necessarily, but I mean by just like community vibes and culture and so now they're doing all these amazing things um sort of like licensing like everyone's ip and making like pudgy plushies and working with all these toy companies and doing all this media and so it's become a full-on brand it's no longer just like we sold some jpegs it is a international community and brand That is like selling physical merchandise, is having like in person get togethers in all these different places around the world because everyone in the community has a sense of ownership and like wants to contribute value to the project. And that's sort of what's really special, I think, about really good and um, mature nft communities like this that you just don't see anywhere else so that's something i think that not a lot of people can recognize the value and necessarily if they're not in it if they don't have one and so you know i would say if you are looking to just like buy one nft look for a community that really interests right. you and then maybe just like be a part of it and see what happens, and also like if, but but also know that like you might be spending a lot of money to go and do that, you know. <laughs> but, you buy, day,
0: but once once you have one pudgy penguin, like are there people in the community that don't own them yet? They just like everybody, and then they're like the only way you get in is to buy one. So why would you want to? What would you buy two for? What would be the purpose of having a second one?
1: Like resale value, you know. Like you right. you think that it's probably going to go up because, um, you know, you can't necessarily ascribe like any sort of objective financial value of this picture of a penguin over this picture of a monkey. But there is this attached community culture value to the specific collection. And if you can see that, then presumably like not financial advice, but I would probably buy a second penguin just in case. You know, I have to sell it at some point, but I still want to stay in the community, and that's exactly what I did. I got a second one.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. Do you want to put your? Do you want to put them up on screen? Are they? Are you like like? Do you? Oh my gosh! Sure. It? All right. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, yeah. Uh, I
1: don't know how to do this, so I'm gonna figure that out. But, but we can present. Keep just
0: present. <laughs>
1: one that, sec. I gotta. I gotta pull it up. Appeal.
0: present yeah i want i want to i want to eventually get into um we haven't even gotten to the brc tokens yet and then i want to look at gamma because like you said that's your that's how you make a living right so i certainly want to see it (laughs) and i'd like to see gamma if you want to pull it up even now maybe that's a good thing to do if you want to show in the marketplace i'm a big like the reason i want to do these i'm realizing with youtube if i'm just going to do an audio interview. Uh, like to me, I'll just do the podcast. I think from now on. But when we're doing something live like this, I want to demonstrate this stuff. I don't. I don't like. Yeah. I hate when people just want to talk about it. It's like, well, here we got this technology. Let's show it off. You know.
1: I, yeah, I'm. I'm super down to de- demo. So. So.
0: I did it a few times, but that was long ago. Long ago. All right, we're back on track. All right, Sarah, <laughs> let's see your collections now i want to see these dang penguins
1: yeah the penguin
0: uh mudgy the pudgy what are these names i gotta know the names
1: so i only (laughs) named one of them i'm just gonna show you this guy yeah here you go his name is richard so this is my this is my penguin how do i zoom in? there we go all right he looks fabulous so you wrote the bio and everything uh something like that we we like filled it in this is like something that the chubbyverse let us do so there's a lot of fun it's super cute but this is my first nft on any blockchain
0: so what's so. the backpack what what's this
1: oh these are like special gifts from like the chubbyverse for completing some of these tasks so the the chubby coins the chubbyverse they also have a special place in my heart um but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm porn. a big Those fan. are the
0: unicorns, right? Those are the unicorns.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of like the the cute NFTs. So that's how they get me.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. the gamification, I think, is what's what is interesting to me. Like when what did Udi do these stupid quests, right? Like, you know, film yourself yeah, yeah. doing whatever and you can win a win. Like that's that's clever. Yeah. It's smart marketing and. Yeah, it's almost like it becomes very much like an initiation into something. You know, you're like, if you hold this thing, you know that that other person went through the same trials that you went through.
1: Yeah, like (laughs) you have a a mutual understanding of like why you're here, and and the vibes are usually on point. If if you like a community, so uh, I love I love all the communities that I'm a part of. Is there are
0: there NFT communities that are like anti NFT? Were they like the the subculture? The like, um, yeah, like the punk culture, right? You
1: know, probably, probably.
0: Like, <laughs> punk was like, and, or like grunge music when I was growing up was like anti, hair metal. It was designed to be like, I hate the things that exist, so I'm going to create another form of it. So I'm still making mm. rock music, but I'm kind of a, a counterculture. That's the word I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like. NFTs on bitcoin are sort of symbolic of counterculture as well. It's yeah. like a lot of bitcoiners who are like I refuse to participate in shitcoin jpegs are now like you know yeah like NFTs on bitcoin that's okay because it's on bitcoin. So <laughs> <laughs> and I think the bitcoin maxes are split about this stuff. Like some of them love Bit- like love the idea of ordinal, some of them hate it. So
0: we a most, variety there. We talked about this just last night when, uh, like Adam Back, you know, I mm-hmm. whatever you want to think about him, but when he right away is talking about, well, we need to find a way to censor these out. It was like, how how can you be a part of Bitcoin if yeah. censorship is any part of the equation? Like, yeah, that's I the don't point. think
1: that's a very that's not a very Bitcoiner stance to take. But well, you know, say each their it own. It
0: depends who you're Bitcoining about. Well, I mean, you know, I get it because I mean, look to me as a Litecoiner. This is all gravy. It's five dollars mm. and eighty-two cents to get on a block right now. It's a buck. It's a tenth of a penny on Litecoin, and so people are inscribing. What's been really cool with
1: yeah
0: Litecoin is you know our transactions are going up. Wow, MWeb. What right now there's like six MWeb transactions in this most recent block. But oh, we're getting. Cool. I would say. Litecoin volumes probably up two or three times since this happened as well. And I'm hopeful we have a lot of conversations about this because we have the same type of people in Litecoin. They're just like, this is all garbage. This is about stateless money. Like, let's leave all <laughs> this crap out of here. But the reality is the people who are on Bitcoin using this, if they come over to Litecoin to experiment,
1: yeah. once
0: they do it, just like when I did an NFT for the first time, once you do it, you start going, well, why am I? paying five bucks to be on bitcoin if i get to do this i could build my same culture and get it and move these things around for a tenth of a penny rather than five or ten dollars every single time like it just it starts to become people understand why you're doing it and i think yeah people are very i'm amazed how little litecoin <clears throat> i guess awareness there is
1: yeah I, w- I would love to see the litecoiners get into this because normally when Things happen. They happen on Litecoin and not on Bitcoin. You know, first you mean first, but also period. You know, as we've seen more recently, right? Um, with MWeb and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would be hopeful to see that Litecoin. Yeah, no. Well, of-
0: so you may not know. This, so I don't know if you remember going coming to Spaces, but Indigo, who you met, probably the Litecoin. You may not have realized mm-hmm. it was him. He tried to stay anonymous, but. He he kind of coordinated these bounties to say like, hey, ordinals is on Bitcoin. If you can get it onto Litecoin, I think it was something like maybe 20 Litecoin, which you know, a couple thousand bucks. That's that's a big incentive for people. Mm -hmm. And so that's what kind of kicked off ordinals on Litecoin. And since that, we've done a couple other bounties. And I think the development, just having a few people from that world of NFTs and ordinals, to start building, and they've started to recruit people, and and so, yeah, now these tokens are on Litecoin, and that's why we're seeing the activity on Litecoin. That that's to me is huge. Even if, because I, I, I argue with these people that don't think it's a big deal, I think bringing people—I don't care where you come from—just coming in to experience it. And you know, you you're an interesting case because it's been shocking how few people anymore want to take that step from I'm a Bitcoiner, but I'll go hang out with Litecoiners. So I'm I see the value in Litecoin, I understand why Litecoin exists. It's like we're just they yeah. just don't talk about it. Like literally it's like don't talk about Litecoin. I don't <laughs> you know I, yeah, I, mean? I don't
1: know why people are like that. I think it's very closed minded. And I mean like I don't necessarily I don't really I have opinions on every single blockchain. That doesn't mean I'm gonna not be friends with them or not talk to them. You know well
0: I, I think I, I guess if I had to be a conspiracy theorist, I think it's because as time goes on in particular, there's really nothing that Bitcoin does uniquely that Litecoin doesn't do. It's Mm. really just the narrative of it's an only a one coin world and everything's going to go on lightning. And like, if we start acknowledging that, yeah, I mean, Litecoin's kind of the same thing, then it, all that kind of falls apart. You know what I mean?
1: I would, yeah, I would say like the, um, the finish line hasn't been crossed yet, and we shouldn't declare winners necessarily. That's no, uh, a
0: free market. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, and and we're yet to see what's going to happen, especially with something like this. I mean, we're so early. Um, Ordinals have been out for like a few months, so.
0: I, I ultimately think this is one of the. Better things that's happened to Bitcoin, I think, and to have two guys, Eric and Udi, be like the drivers of it are yep, (laughs) just the right personalities to just yes blow the. I I think it's become a bit of a the maxis are. It's kind of become a joke. Like we've all felt it for a long time, but we're finally feeling like, ha, hey, you were wrong. (laughs) yeah, Yeah, you're wrong. Right. All these narratives that you've been delivering on and spending years saying NFTs are garbage but it's like it's literally like right in your face like yeah. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm
0: saying so there's a little bit of like we're all laughing at them together and uh, yeah. trust me I'm waiting for the day where Litecoin's just worth like a 1% of Bitcoin it's like okay we're, we've reversed the trend people are using it I think there's a, the day is coming where Litecoin's going to surpass Bitcoin and transactions because because of stuff like this because Bitcoin literally can't there's only X amount to be done. So to see real world use surpass Bitcoin, I think will be a big day for us to go. Yes, it's, it's actually happening the way we thought it would happen. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I hope to see, you know, what happens next.
0: Well, it will happen. Congrats Cause it's, cause you can't, <laughs> unless Bitcoin goes to two megabyte blocks, which I don't think is ever happening, but there's, you can only do X amount of transactions a day. And that's it. And they've already reached the cap, so yeah. we've got we've yeah. got four X that plus MWeb. Web Jesus. All right, my Litecoin rant is over. <laughs> Let's hear about Gamma.
1: Yeah, so this is so, this
0: is an exchange.
1: No, no, not uh, not an exchange. Uh, Very important distinction. Gamma is a marketplace um, and also a home for creator tools okay. to create NFTs on Bitcoin in two different ways, on stacks or as ordinals. Uh, not an exchange. We do not deal in fungible tokens. So that is uh, something that I have to say just because I think recently a lot of people have been conflating the two. Okay, well, um, I
0: need to back up for a second here. So, okay, I, I'm when I said exchange, I meant like marketplace. I'm a place I can go buy the NFTs. There, there's yeah, plenty. yeah. So fair yeah. enough, but... What do you mean by you don't accept fungible?
1: So, uh-huh. so yeah. like fungible stuff is something that we just like don't process because you would need, I don't know, like all these legal things, like a money transmitter license. Or oh, so you whatever. don't take like
0: U.S. dollars? Mm-mm. You just no. take Yeah, I just need an example of what you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like what we just um implemented was a way for people to buy bitcoin so you can like buy bitcoin you have to kyc but it's a really easy way to buy bitcoin and just like top up your bitcoin wallet that you've already connected to gamma so this isn't like handled by us this is like an external sort of
0: yeah like like that moon pay or something like that does it okay
1: yeah. So yeah. So we only basically help facilitate transactions of um, like non-fungible unique digital assets. So I think like the Bitcoin Magazine one, obviously, like very important milestone, just because Bitcoin Magazine was sort of the hallmark of uh, you know extreme Bitcoin Maxis who are against things like this. Right. And So for them to you know like and I was speaking to their team too and they are very much split um, themselves as well as the community. Just um, a little of bit like-
0: extra, extra juice for you because of the, then you used to work there and.
1: Oh yeah. For sure. It's very <laughs> for me to, to watch this play out, but um, yeah,
0: so- <laughs> I got to, I got to ask you something because you said you made, made an interesting point earlier. You said we don't take fungible money. Do you mean non-fungible money? Wait, or because you, you take we Bitcoin, we don't
1: deal in like sending and trading fungible tokens. Um, If that makes yeah, sense, but, so you but, can't but like you're saying
0: Bitcoin's not fungible.
1: Well, so <laughs> well, so it's Bitcoin a as a as an inscription would suddenly make it like non-fungible, and so we're just selling like or, or not we're not selling it we're facilitating this like transaction as a marketplace um for people to be able to buy like the non-fungible assets brc20 tokens would be something that's like fungible where you would not be able to trade that with us i know like other marketplaces are doing it we're not touching it it's like Okay. not legally something that we're you're not
0: touch. sure because we're really not sure what these things are yet
1: pretty pretty much yeah that's the stance and um like the way that brc20 tokens are minted is mm-hmm. through inscriptions but we have an inscription service you're not going to get brc20 tokens you're just going to get the inscription that you are you know paying for for that you're paying the block space fees for uh, okay yeah so 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 that's what i mean so back to this thing this i think uh was pretty significant just because culturally you know bitcoin maxi is now selling nfts on bitcoin uh right. we did a dutch auction for them and so a Can lot you explain of people that? Like, yeah yeah is a new phrase to like, me yeah. We start the we start the price at like 10 Bitcoin, for instance. And then for every block that passes by, we reduce that price by half a Bitcoin. And whoever bids first, like you're basically in this game theory of bidding before everyone else bids or bidding like a higher price than everyone else. Because if you bid under the person who bids a higher price than you, uh, then you won't receive it, you know, so... That's what we set up for them here. It was a Dutch okay. auction, and then the 0.2 Bitcoin price is just the floor, and the rest of these are for sale. I think the highest one we sold for was it was issue one. We sold it for I think 1.25 Bitcoin. Um, now they've like listed it. You right. know, some of these aren't for sale. Some of them have listed for random
0: point to huh? looks like a deal uh, very high the,
1: amounts six yeah, I think some of these are just like the floor prices that they're being right. sold for now yeah so I mean like this I think just culturally very significant but we're going to be releasing like more auction features for everyone in like the next two weeks when we go to Miami so that'll be fun and something to look out for otherwise you know um you can explore gamma, and then there's also like the stacks side of things where it's more or That's less like, NFTs. similar to, yeah, similar to like any other blockchain, like Ethereum NFTs. Um, Those are not explored on IPFS, yeah. So
0: I know because these are some f- things I had written down about, like to ask you about. So, stacks, I know, is a shit, I don't even know what to say it is. Is it? It's a separate chain, obviously. Mm-hmm. Are they? Is that from? Is that also part of? Uh, who am I thinking of? Our buddy, our Adam Back buddy. Is that related? What, what's the one that's mined alongside of Bitcoin? Like, and that's li- I'm thinking of Liquid. Never mind. So, but Stacks has been around a long time, right? And then there was, mm-hmm. there used to be Counterparty, I believe. And, and the other one is RGB. What is RGB versus Stacks? What are the differences in those two?
1: So um, I don't know too much about RGB. I think like to describe Stacks, it's its own L1 that's tied mm-hmm. to Bitcoin. It's not like a sidechain like Liquid is. It's not a layer 2 like Lightning is. I think RGB is, um, I don't know, like one of those like a like a layer two or something actually like don't even take my word on it i actually okay, yeah, know I, like nothing about rgb <laughs> i don't hear about
0: that as well. i mean i've heard of stacks i hear about stacks a lot and so that so they have i mean the same yeah, so, yeah they get mine it's like mined the same way isn't it
1: so so stacks is um it's like this i don't know how to describe it Uh, The way that I tell people about stacks, not necessarily about like how it's mined, but the way that it's secured is that every single stacks transaction is like settled onto Bitcoin. Like a stack of stacks blocks are like inserted into Bitcoin. And then that's how you can scale um, having like smart contracts on Bitcoin. Basically. So okay. so the TLDR is if Bitcoin dies, then Stacks dies. Like Stacks is completely dependent on Bitcoin and Stacks' security model is dependent on Bitcoin. So okay. if you're waiting for like Stacks blocks to settle, you basically have to wait for like Bitcoin to settle until those transactions confirm.
0: So that would be, it would probably be very similar to MWeb on Litecoin in that you kind of are. Gathering all these transactions and putting them into one large transaction—is that kind of what's going on?
1: Um, I don't think that's exactly what it is because it's not like privacy obscuring or anything. I understand. I'm
0: just trying to give the model of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would definitely like like look it up and like look at the diagrams that they have. Um, Okay just like on Stacks' website. Yeah. I'm not the best like person to explain (laughs) all the technical intricacies. No, that's all right. But yeah, just in general, like that's the that's the vibe of it. You know, stacks, blocks settle onto Bitcoin blocks. And so Stacks NFTs are secured by Bitcoin. And so we call them like NFTs secured by Bitcoin. Okay.
0: Yeah, I get that. So Uh so you're you're not having to worry that I think one of the biggest strengths of both Bitcoin and Litecoin is the mining networks. These are so old and so robust. Relying on that security is really what I've always felt like. It surprises me. People would want an NFT on Solana because you're like, it could be gone in two years. So what's you need? The one thing you want is to know you can retrieve this thing in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah. So, I think like earlier we were talking about like uncommon sets or like satoshis that are have have some like special significance to them because yeah. of like, the order that they're uh, mined in, and so these are some of the uncommon satoshis that have like inscriptions on them. Uh, let's just choose this pixel cat.
0: So, so does it give you a story as to why that uh, ordinal is? unique like because that that number doesn't mean anything to me as a as an outsider
1: so if we look at i think
0: oh my gosh
1: rarity okay so (laughs) here's basically this chart that we refer to when we're talking about like the rarity of satoshi Mm. Um, Uncommon Satoshi's are a part of this big collection, and it can—it's um, not—it's not a collection necessarily. It's just like we've aggregated every single inscription that has been inscribed onto an uncommon Satoshi. What makes we, it
0: uncommon?
1: Uh, well, we can read about it. So, oh
0: my word!
1: Uncommon Satoshi's, for instance. Uh, it's the first sat in a block.
0: I'm sorry. All right, I this is crazy to me. This yeah, is like numerology. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: so, so an uncommon Satoshi would be like every single first Satoshi that is mined in each fresh block, including okay. all the past blocks. So, if you happen to have an uncommon Satoshi, that could be like worth something, and you yeah, can you check. Know it. Yeah exactly you can check if you haven't uncommon satoshi by just like going to the ordinal theory handbook and they have all these steps you can follow to to do some stuff on your terminal and check uh which i have not done but yeah and then there are all these other rankings like rare satoshis okay it's the first sat in a block and also part of the first block after and okay. after a, a difficulty adjustment period, like every two weeks or so. An epic one would be like, the it's the first block in a having.
0: Um, oh, and then oh a
1: legendary gosh. would be like the first sat is first
0: block and a first a having. Okay.
1: Yeah, after what? a difficulty adjustment and also a having. I
0: mean, I have to already hack your system in it here. How could it be the first block in a having and not the first block in a difficulty adjustment?
1: Um, because not all <laughs> difficulty adjustments align with havings. They don't? Not necessarily.
0: Oh, I guess I guess I assumed it did, but maybe, I guess, I'm going to take your word for it. I'm, you've obviously done the work here over at Gamma.
1: Well, now you're, now you're making me doubt myself. Now, now I'm confused. Well, it's
0: every 2,000, uh, How many blocks. And whatever. Don't worry about it. I don't want to dig into this.
1: Does, does the math work out? <laughs> Actually, I have no idea. This is what I just assumed. I, assume, like, I don't think that the difficulty adjustment necessarily lines up exactly with
0: It's every X amount of blocks, so maybe that maybe it is rare. It is maybe it it, obviously I would guess it does. Whoever created this obviously has put their work in.
1: I'm sure they've thought about it. So, (laughs) yeah. But the point is, like, yeah, there are all these ways to ascribe, like, wait, what's what's mythical?
0: I want to know what mythical. The first sat of the Genesis block. Oh, oh, first sat in a block, first block in a difficulty. So that's yeah. So that. Cause it said down there, there's one that exists. Okay. I get it. All right. Yeah. And that's if Satoshi decides he's going to, God, that would be, that would be amazing. That would be, that would blow up the world of crypto. Yeah. That Satoshi, would be, that would be mythic. After, after 13 years, he, he, uh, mints a, yeah. A ape onto the first. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I
1: hope, I hope for all of our sakes that that never happens, but, um, yeah, so so that's that's you know that, that's, that's what makes this a little bit extra fun uh, to have these uncommon sets. But then otherwise, like you know, you can just explore some of the collections that we have up. And if you wanted to create an inscription for yourself, you can do so. It's really easy and it's free on gamma for single inscriptions. So you can upload an image. Um, it would have to be under 60 kilobytes. That's how small the images are recommended okay. 10 kilobytes actually.
0: What is that? Uh, very, is that the like the pixelated like eight by eight or something like that?
1: No idea, but it's tiny. Okay. Uh, and, and we help you like, like what's the word? Um, we'll like compress your image if it's too large, but okay. you can't, I don't think we accept anything that's over 10 megabytes to be compressed. Okay. So you can upload an image up to 10 megabytes, but then we would compress it to That'd obviously cool. make sure that it yeah, that it Are can people putting like
0: inspired. their PFPs on here?
1: Um I've seen it sometimes, but like I would probably just also say because Bitcoin is forever. It's not the same as like putting your PFP, like, like your face onto Ethereum. Like, I don't think I would want to have, you know, my picture on Bitcoin. But like your Litecoin underground logo, for instance. Right. That would be cool to put onto Bitcoin and also Litecoin.
0: So I, I, uh, did, I did put it on Litecoin. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. And then I was like, because these guys sat here and they walked me through it. And I was like, yeah. I'm not a tech guy at all. And so I, I did it. I was like, oh, cool. I did. It cost me whatever, nothing. And uh, I ended up like later that day, I was, I was having to do something with my computer. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to clear out my wallet because I wanted to re- – I was having some issue. And I was like, I'm just going to close everything. And mm-hmm. I had some sort of paranoia. And I sent all my coins to my cake wallet, obviously. And I was like, oh, shit. It was in the- – <laughs> so the- I don't know where it is. I don't know if I still own it. It might still be in this wallet. Uh, but I may yeah. have moved it and it might be gone forever. And if it, it may have been in the fee, I don't know if it is, yeah. it is. If it's not, it's burned forever. It's, I'm like, it's uh, me and uh, Vitalik are kind of the same. You know, we burn this, we had so much. We <laughs> or just not burn.
1: burned, just lost.
0: Yeah, destroyed. No, I purposely Somewhere. destroyed it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's still out is, there, right? Yeah, it's, it's Somebody out exists, there has it.
1: But... That's, that's, that's yeah. kind of wild. I, th- I think that's the problem with like like wallets or uh, like wallets in terms of like ordinal compatibility and Bitcoin. I've seen a lot of wallets coming out saying like, oh, we have ordinal support when all you have is a taproot address. That's not ordinal support. Um, ordinal support requires like, like, for instance, if we didn't have any of these wallets today that had specific ordinal support like a a place in like hero wallet or xverse which are, are the two main wallets um that we recommend people use on gamma right if they didn't have like a special dedicated like ordinals address where you just never send any bitcoin out from this ordinal section you send it out from the bitcoin separate bitcoin section um then like then you would require a wallet that lets you have coin control, like Sparrow Wallet. It's a lot more complicated, and you would have to manually be like like tech savvy enough to understand how you could choose like which sets to send and which right. ones to you know go to the minor fees. Um, otherwise, like a lot of people have lost their inscriptions because of this, and it's a sad thing because. Some of those are like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like with the Bitcoin banks, you know, you don't want to lose those. So very important to like have a good wallet. You could also just send it to a taproot address, but then never like send anything out of that wallet.
0: Well, I think what's cool, I actually still have them sitting here from the Litecoin summit, right? Ballet. Mm. They started started doing something where, which I think is a great way to do it. It's like Mm -hmm. create a physical asset, send your whatever your inscription here. And then you don't have any risk of like, like, especially if I'm using it as a pass somewhere, right. Or I'm at a part of a club or whatever it might be.
1: That that's certainly a good workaround. You just like never be able to take it out. If you wanted to take it out, you should probably just restore the wallet itself somewhere else. So like never storing your ordinals with the rest of your Bitcoin is is the just right. bit, basically. Just because something offers a taproot address doesn't mean you should use it. Um unless it's gonna be a completely isolated wallet where you're only storing your ordinals there, you're not ever sending anything out.
0: It's so, like I'm gonna use an old phrase. You don't. You don't you know, don't shit where you eat. Don't shit coin where you eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't mix your yes, ordinals no, with yeah, your spending great, money.
1: <laughs> great, great, yeah, great phrase. Um,
0: <laughs> don't yeah. shit coin where you eat. I love it. But uh, well, okay, what then? What's the holdup with uh, you know? There is a Litecoin community that's creating ordinals. Let's go, Gamma. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I, I think like we're just really. Um,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure As you have a lot devs going on. Have already.
1: a lot going on. Yeah, I'm like asking them for things every single day, and they're just like, "Please, we have our sprints. We gotta like do the things that you know we're set to do." Um,
0: well, yeah, something so- we're committed to. <laughs> you know, I think what the I, I mentioned the uh, the bounties that I don't know if mm-hmm. it was recorded that you know Indigo created and all that. Um, that's something that he and I are trying to work on. As a as a whole, Litecoin trying to f- a framework or a way of uh, kind of putting these bounties out there and adopting all these things that are being built on Bitcoin that are open source is it's very natural and it sounds it's so Litecoin of us to say let's just copy what they're doing, <laughs> but the reality is that that's what most programming is anyway, right? It's mm-hmm. copying what somebody else did, and so yeah. yeah, like to be able to take some things that you guys are doing and hopefully. Um, build some collections that are of some prominence, and makes Gamma go, hey, well, let's let's also have our Litecoin on here as well. I think that would be maybe it would be sacrilegious. Again, it's hard to tell anymore. I don't know what the culture of Gamma is, but. You know, I'd be I would think it's like,
1: it's not the gamma culture, but rather like the rest of the community culture and seeing customers. what they want. Yeah. yeah, as well as like with the wallets, because um, we're sort of at the mercy of just like this checks and balances of wallets keeping up to date, and then marketplaces keeping up to date, and then consumer demand of what it is that they want to see out. So right. Yeah. the
0: demand. I said this to my Litecoiners last week. You got to spend your money. Like when cake it's only two percent Litecoin. We got <laughs> to represent. That makes me crazy, right? So, yeah. If, if you don't, if you're not important to them, then they're not going to want. They don't have any incentive to include you. So that's yeah. that's always been my message, right? Be be relevant. Be relevant. So.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, damn! You gave me a crash course.
1: We should, so I think you should inscribe your um, Litecoin Underground logo onto.
0: Well, here's Facebook. what I'm, here's actually the two thoughts I had. One is I'm actually, so you've, you have my hat. You, where's the hat? I'll see it.
1: I do. I do have the hat. <laughs> it's but that,
0: there. I'm trying to decide like my internet, my Twitter logo is kind of meh, right? It doesn't stand mm. out. It's kind of, you can't tell what it is. So I thought I would go to that, but that's actually the London Underground essentially is a you know their train yeah.
1: station
0: so that's really a copyrighted thing i'm probably not supposed to use that so i've been thinking about i need a new logo and maybe that maybe i'll do that and inscribe but i can't inscribe it on bitcoin it would be the first you, gamma So i think
1: you can inscribe it on both bitcoin and litecoin i that's think it true. would be fun yeah yeah I thought, we don't I, charge fees for it so
0: the other thought i had to be kind of cool is like people who are always in litecoin underground like just to create them some sort of badge of being an og like yeah. undergrounder right and just give them to people because they do come in I mean, there's people that come into my spaces and i was telling my wife i'm like i mean i do it but i get to talk i'm running the show so i it's like it feeds some sort of weird need of mine to have my yeah. opinion out there some people just listen i'm like you come in every week and just listen like that
1: yeah, you have a radio voice.
0: <laughs> everybody and, and I'm Clark Kent, apparently, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I should be on the radio. That was my missed calling, but I don't think they make any money. Mm. So maybe I thought like about underground radio. radio. Or...
1: Yeah. 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 You should do like a, a radio segment on, on YouTube or something. Or just like you upload all your spaces, right? That's basically a radio segment.
0: I don't. I don't.
1: Oh, not anymore.
0: I never did. I did them in the podcasts, but I didn't do them as videos. And I, part of me is because I don't, I don't want to put, I mean, I could just put the audio out there and I've seen some people who Mm -hmm. take the screenshot. I don't know. I kind of want to like the people come in. I don't want to put them out there. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of feel like that's not my place to do that. Have some anonymity if they want it and not. They're already they already don't like talking in a recorded space a lot of them. Mm. You know I what see. I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I mean like you could just record the space and then whoever wants to talk will talk because it's being recorded so they know that True. They have to consent if they
0: And then they're I'm going. monetizing <laughs> their voice and then it's a whole legal battle. <laughs>
1: I don't, I didn't see it like that. I think people would be excited to like be a part of something.
0: Yeah, yeah maybe maybe you're right yeah i've got some people i, I that make it um uh, I, I don't i don't think it would be very entertaining if i didn't have a few of the people that come in consistently and
1: we have mm. definitely
0: built a rapport with them but you know you don't come in anymore so it's like whatever
1: i have i'm so busy i have like i have a meeting at like six o'clock you know,
0: i'm just messing with you me. but all right so we, go to gamma.io check out yes these Bitcoin collections and copy them and move them onto Litecoin.
1: <laughs> and, and also if you wanna if you wanna make your first inscription, go to gamma.io slash ordinals and then you can make you can upload a poem or a GIF or an image and yes. it'll it'll be fun and it'll be easy. It or more importantly
0: the things make- we talked about now is is like Like you mentioned earlier, a picture or something, a great document that you uh, love or a a song that you think is something that needs to be there for the rest of time. I think there are a lot of things that use your imagination. What do you want to be around in a hundred years? A note to your kids. Just saying.
1: That would be very cute. That would be very, very
0: cute. That's where it's going to go.
1: Yeah. Like a little Bitcoin time capsule.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Send them the ordinal in in twenty years when when they grow up.
0: Yeah, I I think there's there's something there. I think there's something there. Although I never really grew up. So all right. Well, hey, thank you for coming in, Sarah. I'm end, I'll I'll end and then we can chat for a second. But thanks okay, for cool. uh, thanks for joining me. And maybe we'll do more of these in the future. All yeah, right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good.